Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning into the show. As always, I got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 93rd edition of the Don't Kill the Messages podcast. First thing we're about to get into uh, for this week is we're about to recap uh, UFC 218. Uh, has some pretty good fights in there uh, on that card. Uh, first thing I'm about to do before we get into the uh, code main, I got to give a shout out to Darnell. Uh, we was talking last week before the show. Uh, he was telling me about a fight uh, between uh, Gaethje and uh, Alvarez. Uh, we talked about being on the lookout for that one. And those two put on a hell of a show, man. That was an absolutely amazing fight to watch. Uh, those two had complete heart. Uh, they were going at it, man. So you you definitely you put me on in that one, man. That, that was a good fight. Yeah, I knew that one was going to be just pretty much blood sport, the movie. In <laughs> real life, and they <laughs> they left it out there and went at it. Both yeah. of those guys, they they showed a lot of heart, and they both went for the kill. Yep, uh, exactly. Uh, just absolutely amazing on those two parts. Uh, just fun one to watch. Uh, but first fight we're about to uh, get into. Uh, it's about to be a quick discussion because uh, it was a quick fight. Uh, my <laughs> man Overeem uh, got knocked out against. Uh, Francis uh, Naganu. Uh this guy's a beast, man. Uh have not seen this guy fight uh before, so I was when I first saw Overeem, uh, I'm gonna be honest, man, when I first saw Overeem versus uh Naganu as him being a co main event on the card, I didn't know hear know who uh Naganu was. So I was like, Man, Overeem, I never heard of this guy. Overeem gonna beat this guy ass. So <laughs> went in there I saw uh saw the fight, man. Naganu, uh he went in there, man, and just handle business, man. Probably going to go down as one of the greatest KOs in the history of the UFC. Uh, that was just amazing. Uh, so take it away, Darnell. Your thoughts on that, man? I mean, yeah, a lot of people didn't know who Francis Nagano was, but they, they do now. So yeah. basically, he was, this was immediately made an internet meme. I had to mess with Trey <laughs> over Twitter. Uh, <clears throat> sent some pictures about it, but I mean, this... That knockout was something like straight out of Street Fighter or something that looked like Ryu or Ken throwing in yeah. <laughs> punch out. So and just to see uh see Overeem's neck just fly backwards like that. It looked yeah. like his head was seriously about to come off. Yeah. So but yeah, I mean great knockout. Uh can't call the fight great because it was I mean it was quick and yeah. but I mean People got their money's worth if they were looking to see something spectacular with that one. Uh, yeah, uh, great knockout, and I think we we have a we have our title fight set now. Yeah, uh, very going to be very interesting to seeing uh, if he can go out there and handle business against uh, Stipe, um like he did Overeem. Overeem's a beast. Uh, was kind of disappointed in his last couple of fights um, how. Um, He's been fighting you know, in his last couple of fights, but if you knock out a guy like Overeem, uh, you're a beast, man. So just going to be see how he can prepare for a championship fight um, and see how he can go in there and handle uh, Stipe Miocic. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that one goes. Uh, if I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be the next fight. It seems like that's what Dana said. So, yeah. Yeah. I, Definitely can't wait to see see this and see how it goes. Yeah. All right, let me hurry up and get my other boy out the way with, man. Uh, Jose Aldo. 
He got uh, beat again by uh, Max Holloway, man. Uh, Max Holloway is impressive, dude. Uh, he just goes in there and he handles business, man. But uh, just what were your thoughts on this fight? Yeah, I mean, Holloway just, he showed this is his division now. Uh, I just love his confidence, too, man. Like, that guy yeah. is, you know, like I said, a lot of people there just talk just to talk. But that guy truly, you can see, uh, he truly believes in himself. Truly, truly believes he can just go in there and just do whatever he wants uh, to his opponents. Extreme confidence, uh, and he's he's a student of his craft. I mean he he was crisp. His his hands were on point. I mean, just his boxing was immaculate. He he like he, he bruised up Aldo just a lot with just a jab. Yeah. Uh, Aldo had had a tough time just getting inside of a, a lead punch like that. So, yeah. uh, you know, he was on his on on his game, and then you know he after softening him up basically with that, he just opened up the rest of the repertoire, and you know it was a slow ride downhill for Aldo after that. Yeah, I uh, just was kind of looking at it, man. Um, just with Aldo, uh, through the way in. He's, you know, he's 31. He's still a pretty young guy. Um, but it might be time for him to try 155, um, if he wants to continue to do this, man, because I was just looking at both of them missed, uh, weight when they weighed in, uh, before the fight. But man, Aldo, when he came in there and stepped on that scale, man, dude, he looked like he should have been in a walking dead or something, man. He looked like an absolute zombie, bro. And, uh, they told him he was 146. He looked like he was about to cry, man. Like it was like that much pain for him to, uh, get, uh, to make that extra pound. So what I'm thinking, uh, right now with him, uh, he probably, uh, should try 155 out because, uh, he was just looking. I- I've never really seen these last couple of fights, like all though, just be, you know, tired, uh, like he's gotten in- out of shape, like he has been in his, uh, his previous fights. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just him, if that cutting weight is just putting that much, just, uh, just pressure and just pain on his body, um, at this point. Um, so this, I, I think, man, it, it'll probably be time for him just to try out the 155 division. Um, it looked like he went through hell and back, uh, to try to make 150, 145, uh, when he initially stepped on that scale. So. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it some before where I brought it up. I mean, I, I think weight cutting is pretty much the most dangerous thing about uh, the UFC, yeah. but, which is crazy to say since it's two people going in a cage and trying to rip know, their I, head off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you have these guys pretty much on the brink of like renal failure just to try to get their weight down to, to step in the cage for these just so they could try to have an advantage. Yeah. And it's, it's not like they're, they're not safely cutting this weight. Yeah, I mean, for that last week or two, it's just them pretty much trying to purge every bit of water from themselves, and that's what you get. People looking emaciated, stepping on a scale, and like, like you said, Trey, looking like zombies, basically. Yeah. And you know, it's just it's it's not safe. They do need to do something about that. And as far as Aldo goes himself, he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. And yes, he he's an athlete. He's at peak condition, but. Hey, when you hit 30, it's hard to bounce back from that kind of stuff. So ex- doing extreme weight cuts like this when it's just not natural for you anymore to get down there, just, I mean, it's, yeah. 
just the the law, laws of gravity. You get older, it's harder to take that weight off, yeah. even if you're trying to just cut water. And and it affects you more when you're trying to cut water like that. So, uh, life's like a rubber band. You keep stretching one, it's not going to bounce back as easy. And all those there. Yeah. He it's yeah. He, he either if he wants to keep doing this, yeah, he probably needs to go up so he can be healthier fighting. Or, or it's just time to call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree about that, man. Because when I saw that, uh, yeah, man, I was like, dang, because he, he was like bending over on the scale. It was like, yeah, I, I would, I would like for there to just be like a study somehow, uh, where they can just like study like UFC fighters or just MMA or whatever, just how the effect it has on their body, uh, just over time from cutting weight, um, and stuff like that. That'd just be interesting to look at. Because those guys literally put their bodies through hell uh, just to make weight. So it's just crazy. But, yeah, I think uh, right now with my man Aldo, um, I think 145, that 145 division is um, absolutely just uh, done for him. I think if he really wants to uh, make a comeback, um, truly bounce back, I think 155 is going to have to be the division um, for him. And there's another thing out of the fight, man. I, he was kicking a little bit, but I would have liked to seen him kick a little bit more up in that fight. So, um, that was like the first three minutes. I, I, I like just looking at the fight between him and Holloway. I was like, yeah, this guy's about to lose again. He's not tearing that leg up like he used to, man, when he used to throw those leg kicks. So, uh, he's, you know, he's out there. He's trying to, you know, stand up, just use the uh, boxing game and whatnot. But uh, he, he's going to have to turn into that tenacious beast. Um, just start throwing them leg kicks more again, man. You can't just go in there and just put your key strength, uh, the your key tactic that you use that you're known for, and just throw it in the back and just don't use it. Um, and don't expect to get a win in there. So I like to see him, yeah, just throw some more leg kicks because uh, it's been a while since he. Uh, tore somebody up, throwing them leg kicks in the octagon. So, yeah, I, I wonder about that just now since it's been like three or four fights now where he hasn't utilized that when that was always one of his strengths. I just wonder if, yeah, like something's up with his his feet or his shins or something like that to where his he can't handle throwing kicks at a rate like that anymore. Yeah, you know, could be. You know, like I said, with how he. That could, that could be wearing them down too, man, because those leg kicks, they can add up on your legs too. So, especially at the, you know, the tenacity that he was throwing them at. So, uh, but anything else to add for, uh, all the, oh, well, uh, Holloway, man, um, Cub Swanson, a lot of people want to see him, uh, fight Cub Swanson. Uh, Cub Swanson is, uh, he's going to have a fight soon. I think, uh, in a couple of weeks or something like that. I forgot when. Um, but also, uh, Edgar, he was initially supposed to, uh, fight him, but it got called off due to an injury. Um, what would you like yeah. to see next? Yeah, that was going to be the fight there. Yeah. Uh, you, you just named him. I, I would be happy with either of those two fights. You know, Frankie Edgar, he's always there. He's always going to put on an entertaining fight. And Cub Swanson is a, he, he's another guy that's going to come forward and try to, he's going to make fights exciting. He's either going to get knocked out or try for a knockout, and you know you got to respect that. And he's he's been one of the mainstays in that division up at, at the upper echelon. So yeah, I'm good with either of those fights, and uh, I think I would probably lean more towards Frankie since he 
this was his fight before uh, he had to pull out. Yeah. So I would be happy if they run that back or and and go and go that way. Uh, but definitely, Cub Swanson's deserving as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like I said, but uh, Max Holloway's looking impressive, man. He might be kicking my man uh, BJ to the curve as the greatest to come out of Hawaii. So. We have to see, man. If he can, he's working on it. Yeah, he <laughs> he putting in major work. Uh, just another comment, man. Um, I, I was kind of nervous. Uh, I was looking at the uh, just uh, at the Little Caesars Arena when they had it, man. Saw a couple of empty seats there, dude. So I don't know if that's. I, I need to see like how it sold there, but uh, you know, just looking like how when I was looking at it, they had some empty seats there, so. I don't know, man. That could affect the sales and to see how they could ha- how they if they'll have another UFC uh in Detroit again soon or if it'll take a while like the one they had uh last time in Michigan. So this would be interesting. Well it I, it definitely could. It definitely could, but I kinda put that on Dana. Uh this I mean, you just said it yourself. One of the main one of the main events people didn't know who one of the contenders were. Yeah, true. And, you know, this this was a t- this is a basically a number one contendership fight and only one of the names kinda had had the, the brand behind it. And I I put some of that on the UFC. You you put a car in the city, you need to promote the heck out of it. Uh especially this is a, a town where this is only the third UFC event that's ever been here. And each yeah. one has been basically decades apart <laughs> yeah. each time. So uh so yeah, I kinda put that on the UFC and, you know, as usual, the lighter the lighter weight fighters, it's harder to sell those as well, even though Max Holloway is amazing and although, you know, he's the linchpin of that division. He, yeah. he carried the division on his back and was arguably the number one pound for pound fighter, I guess as little as what five years ago? Yeah. So I I put a little bit of that on on Dana and the UFC for not getting out and promoting this. You know, he he should have been making the media rounds around here trying to get people hyped for this fight, those fights. Because you know, if, if I, I want to say like hardcore fans, they they had an idea about some of these. Like yeah. like I told you, I, I knew that Alvarez. Gaethje fight would be amazing, uh, and you know Holloway is he's a pound for pound like top five type fighter, and yeah. uh, Nagano was an up and comer with power that now people see, and you know all the reports from this fight was from this card was that it was amazing, and it probably out the the fights were way better than what it sold, and that's that's in in the arena and pay per view. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of like, yeah, as you said, it was, you know, like with how, with Dana, it kind of like pissed me, um, off a little because like looking at how, um, you know, I, I can understand, you know, New York's a bigger city than Detroit, but you, you, I could look at how he was marketing, uh, you know, the whole New York, uh, paper, uh, views and the events that he had going on there with the UFC and how he, uh, treated, uh, an event like Detroit. Uh, this was one that he hasn't had in a while and stuff. It was like, yeah, you know, compared to New York, you know, I, I definitely saw like with that, that he could have done a better job, you know, with the whole marketing and, you know, promoting it and, and whatnot. So, um, 
that was just kind of like looking at comparing those two. Uh, but yeah, I, I do. I, I definitely agree with you on that one. I think he could have done a better job with that. Um, especially like with the fighters and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, anything else to add for UFC 218? Well, just like I said, it was, it was a card that if you, if you pay for it, this is one you got your money's worth. It was, it was one of those where it didn't have name value behind it, but yeah. It it was it gave you the bang for your buck. Yeah, agree with that. Uh, just something else to add, man. Uh, did you hear Rousey was uh close to an agreement with the WWE? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been following that for a while. I figured, I still figured that's probably our next stop. But really, okay. Yeah. yeah, just wanted to see. We had what are your thoughts on that? You think she could be the? Uh, Next Trish Stratus or China or something like that, man, or what? I don't know. I mean, we'd have to see how that turns out. But I mean, she's like she's been on. I, don't, I guess I can't say WWE TV. She's been on the network uh, within the past couple months because one of her teammates uh, has now transitioned into into oh, the really? WWE. Okay. Yeah, Shayna Baszler. Okay. Uh, they they had a network only special uh in tribute to a old school ladies wrestler may young they did like a 16 woman tournament with uh you know lesser known female wrestlers and Baszler was in that but rousey was in the stands for each each of the cards for it so uh it seems like they're they're working on it and it, it may take some time but yeah i, I think We'll see her uh, in the squared circle, the squared uh, circle yeah. <laughs> before we ever see her back in the octagon. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's the, uh, you know, that'll be the right uh, decision for her, man. Even though I still like one of my, you, one of the UFC fights I always wanted to see, uh, I was going to make uh, her and Cyborg uh, get it on in the octagon. But uh looks like that's not going to happen. But, um you know, yeah, I think that's the uh, next best move for her. You know, it's still contact sports you know it's not uh definitely it's not ufc but you know she still uh get a chance to uh fight um so much uh you know in a square circle so uh i do i just think that'll be just good uh good transition from her so yeah no embarrassing knockouts in the wwe yeah <laughs> all right up next uh we're about to go right into some nfl uh First thing I'm about to talk about is these uh, suspensions that happened um, over the past week. Um, just what are you guys' thoughts on the uh, suspensions? Do you think uh, the NFL needs to be a little bit more consistent uh, with these suspensions, um, especially like with uh, Gronk and Marcus Peters and whatnot? Do you, do you think we can make the argument that they were too consistent with this one? Well, I mean, I guess too consistent in giving everybody yeah. a game for what they did. <laughs> yes. Even though I, I yes. did just read though that it was the the Peters one, uh, that was that was internal. The Chiefs suspended him. That wasn't the NFL. Okay. okay. Oh, it was the Chiefs. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Andy Reid suspended Marcus Peter okay. for Peters for a game, but I mean, I, that's I think that still goes along with it. Yeah. Like, but. It, I don't think it, this is so much a consistency issue as it is, and I don't even know what the right word is, but like a severity of penalty issue. Like, 
Hunter did was inexcusable. Literally just like tried to spear the player on the ground defenseless back turned to him. Like Gronk had no reason to be falling on top of him at all. Yeah, I mean speaking uh, of WWE, it, that that was uh, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. elbow drop. A place where Gronk, yeah, a place where Gronk would fit in great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just totally uncalled for and for a guy that you know can you know seem to be annoying kind of has that frat boy and attitude really like he's still a likable guy I and that just kind of in a poor image for himself but I mean I guess we could look at the and Juju Smith-Schuster hits and those were just Okay, the perfect one was a an attempted football play. Juju Smith-Schuster actually wanted to just light somebody up, <laughs> which, I mean, when you're watching it live, you just think, oh, that's a huge block. Then you see the replay. Like, like yeah. Mentioned uh, here. And then you knew you'd see at least a fine on the perfect hit. The dude, we've talked about it before. He's a repeat offender. Anytime he even gets close to anything, he's going to get a suspension or uh, when, when well, you build the, I th- oh god, I, I, th- I think you got a little bit uh confused there. The Smith Schuster hit was on. Bro. Oh, it was okay. It was retaliation. The, the hit was on that one retaliation. Antonio I can't remember one in the game. No, the the Juju's hit came first. Got it. Then perfect on perfect. Yeah, I can't remember which one came. It wasn't even perfect. That was a, a safe. A I thought it was perfect. No. I thought that was perfect. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's my fault then. Yeah, but so, but still, yeah, you you look at that Juju Smith-Schuster hit, you just see, you know, him wanted to light somebody up. The hit on Antonio Brown can attempt a football play. Like I don't think anybody would argue that. You know, it's that was an attempted football play. I don't think there was, you know, a dirty deed involved there. Uh, It just so happens, you know, you get a you get an offensive player going for a path. Come on. When a defender leaves his feet to make a hit, you're kind of hoping you just don't make contact really chesting up. Or else it looks getting some hefty suspension or fine. So uh the Gronk one's the one I think's totally inexcusable. I think the Smith shoe just kind of shake your head and you're just thinking like, dude, use your brain. And then uh the one for the hit on Antonio Brown, that's kind of the unfortunate one. Peter's just like, don't just, just another shaking of the head. One, just don't throw a flag. Like, come on, we, we we've seen players do it before and get suspended. So, so it's a, a lot. Of, a lot of it's just these guys just not using their head. But you know, you just get in the heat of the moment, heat of the game. You don't really know what's being said out there. It's, I mean, still no excuse, but heat of the moment. Yeah, I'm on the line where the state of mind on it, where it's just NFL, really, what are you going for? What do you really mean when you try to say you're looking out for the safety of players on things like this? Uh, if the Chiefs thought uh, throwing a flag into the stands, which it was stupid, uh, suspendable, no, but I mean, that was an internal team thing. If the Chiefs are fine with a game for 
throwing a flag into the stands uh, because he was frustrated. How is that Gronk deal not like two or three games? Yeah. Yep. Like I'm, I'm totally fine with uh, with a game for uh, Juju Smith Schuster. Uh, it was legal uh, crackback block that he made, but you know he leveled him. I think it was more than taunt after they got him suspended, since he stood over him and yeah. started jawing about it. Uh, Oka hit. I think that was just uh, we talked about it before. Uh, recording, but I think that's just like the college definition there of just targeting there. He left his feet, he led with his head, and it was helmet to helmet. Uh, intentional or not, like that was just, I mean, you, like there's, there's nothing Brown could do to protect himself. He was going for a football. I'm amazed he held on to the football to get oh, a absolutely. touchdown on that play. Uh, but <clears throat> that was clear, like he, if if we're going by college rules, he would he would have been out of the game there and missing the first half of the next game, which I guess the NFL is looking into something like that for next year. But uh, fine. Well, from looking at it though, I guess for that hit, he they all appealed. It, it was upheld. He kept he kept a game. Smith Schuster appealed his day with the game, but this one. The Aloka hit in the end zone. His got reduced to a fine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like, okay, this is a team internal, but like I said, throwing a flag in to the crowd, one game suspension. Yeah. Launching head first and nine. Lee, eagle block, but taunting a game. Yeah. Like, wh- what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Just. Uh, <laughs> Dropping a a a a braced brace covered forearm into somebody the back of somebody's neck and giving them a concussion, one game, like so. Just they got to figure things out here, like in pretty much it different situations. But this brings me back to like the Ray Rice issue. issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, At first, it was what was it a game or two. Uh, when they just heard that he pretty much got in it, wife. But then when you see the video, okay, now we now we're gonna do something about it. You got the video here; it happened in a game. How yeah. is Gronk not gone for two or three games? Yeah. How how do you reduce eating, cracking somebody in the face mask? How do you just uh, fine him for that? Yet, which is technically a legal block just because he stood over and taunted him. His suspension is withheld. Like, there's no rhyme or reason here. Yeah, and they need to get it together. Yeah, and and, and I also think the NFL kind of walks a fine line between you know wanting that safety, but also wanting to kind of also uphold kind of like a goody two shoe image as well. Like, the NFL does not want to be viewed as an unsafe sport. The NFL doesn't want to be viewed as you know the no fun league. So this, you know, this year they, you know, allowed teams celebrations and, you know, I, I think, you know, and granted, I, I completely agree with you, Darnell. It's not that I'm disagreeing here. Cause I do think, you know, Gronk definitely at least two games, um, you know, more, more than, you know, you know, above the shoulders, things like that. I completely agree. 
But I also think the NFL is trying to also be like, you know, we want to have fun, but we don't want to have too much fun. So they're trying to keep this good, clean image while still trying to let the players play. And so what happens, they feel like they need to act so they can be like, see, we're on top of it. You, you can't be telling us we're unrealizing it. But they also want to be like, we also want to let the players play. But I'm, you know, I, I also feel like there is a line there that they're trying to find. Realizing it though, because the the two, the two hits that actually like were dangerous. Like, I mean, I guess all all you're playing football is dangerous, but yeah. Gronk's hit I, I a concussion protocol. Their player is going to miss a game, and basically yeah. all they're doing is equaling it out. out. Uh, yeah. And on Brown, like I said, I. I'm, I'm not saying he intentionally tried to injure him or not, but mm-hmm. he launched and, you know, he led with the crown of his helmet, right. blasted a dude that was just trying to catch the ball. I know he was trying to do something to make him not catch the ball, but, you know, that was the face mask. That's yeah. pretty damn dangerous. It's, it, no, but I've, he got fined in the end. Yeah, so I, it's like, yeah. are, are they really trying to protect no, the players I, or no? And, and like I, like I told you, I, I completely agree. I think we're on the same page. I think it's also just the NFL, like I said, just trying to find that line where they're like not trying to, you know, I, 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 I've said it before. I do think safety does take a little bit of a backseat for the NFL. I don't think that safety's first and foremost on Roger Goodell's list. Uh, but I mean, some some of them are head shaking because of the players' actions, and others are head shaking when you figure out what the for the action. And I think all of these kind of receive one giant sigh and head shake, just realizing the NFL doesn't really know what they're doing. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, what do y'all think about Roger Goodell's extension? Uh, he's getting that paper. Uh, five year, extra five years, uh, two hundred million dollars. Thoughts on that? Don't you, don't you have to be good at your job in order to get a raise? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, it's, it's frustrating to watch the guy that probably receives some of the most criticism in the sporting world. Um. Uh, Continue to stick around. So, so both of you guys would like, like to I, see Goodell I, I bet, gone. I, I bet. If you were to poll ten thousand people in America on a regular basis on Sundays, I'm going to say they they watch at least one game all seventeen weeks, including playoffs. Guarantee if you pull ten. 75% say they wish Goodell was gone, if not mm. 85%. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I want him just with wish the players were smart enough to make some changes as far as what they agreed to let him handle. I there's things I don't mind about Goodell. There's things I don't like about him. Uh, but a lot of it falls on, 
on the players and what they did with uh with their CBA. I don't like that there's no real appeal process when the hammer is laid down and it looks like it's unfair because he's and and whatnot. But uh I do feel like like some of the stuff like he is trying to do things that are good for football and as as far as what he he's there to do and grow the game and bring in more revenue, he's done that. So I can, I can't knock there, but oh, he's making so much more than than the talent. I, I, if I have to go there, I I don't get <laughs> he gets a contract. Uh, like from what you earlier, uh, like he's making twenty million a year higher than the highest paid player in the league. Yeah, Stafford's getting so we're looking at a thirteen million difference. Yeah, so it's like, how, how the heck does that happen? Like, this is yeah. this is a guy yeah, that, I mean, who, who has had some screw ups. Like, I mean, I'm not saying Adele's perfect or anything. But I mentioned it. Uh, earlier, the whole race and domestic abuse situation that falls in his lap, uh, and you know the inconsistencies with how they lay down punishment that falls in his lap, uh, uh, and you know, and and the other health issues that seem to be growing with the NFL as far as CTE and uh, taking care of retired players that falls in his lap. Uh, these are all things that. I mean, I, I, if they decided not to renew a contract because of those things, I'm not going to, I wouldn't be sitting here going to bat saying that they're wrong about it. But yeah, uh, I guess, I guess I'm on the fence with the guy. Got to milk that cash yeah. cow dry, man. I mean, so we got to do it, seems. Yeah. You know, though, Darnell, you know, I, I, I personally, like for me, if Goodell were gone tomorrow, I wouldn't bat an eye. Um, I wouldn't feel bad about it or anything like that. Um, but you know, like you said, you need to give them revenue is through the roof for the NFL. Um, the NFL is probably more global than it's ever been because of Goodell. You know, we're looking at games regularly in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and what was it, Mexico City? This yep. year also? Yeah, Mexico City as well. So, I mean, we're, we're looking at an NFL that's really starting to globalize. They're really starting to build the NFL brand worldwide, which is fantastic. Um, you know, but like you said, he's had his screw-ups. You know, nobody's perfect, and I don't think anybody will expect the next guy that follows him to be perfect either. But it just kind of seems like Roger Goodell has screwed up on some of the more crucial matters. And when the screw-ups are in big moments, you tend to remember them more, which for Roger Goodell is unfortunate. But uh, I, I, you know, do I think he deserves that, you know, that much money? No. And I think we're on the same page with that. But just, uh, you know, he's done some good things. You, you have to give him that. Credit where credit is due. But just some of the screw-ups have been a little too much, you know, for a lot of people. Uh, you know, the Ray Rice one was handled very poorly. We'll all agree with that probably until the end of time. But, you know, you just, it, it is unfortunate that we tend to remember the bad moments more than we remember the good ones. But, you know, 
it seems like with Roger Goodell, a lot of the bad ones outweigh the good ones. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add to the NFL? Nope. All right. Uh, we're about to transition over to some NCAA football now. Uh, we got a lot to discuss um, regarding these uh, playoffs and just matchups. Just got a lot to talk about. Uh, but first thing we're about to get into uh, is, you know, you guys' squads uh, got some pretty interesting matchups. Um, come this bowl season. Um, just what are your thoughts on your guys' uh, matchups? You want it first? Sure. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I like it. I mean, it's, it's a good quality team. We're playing in Washington State and uh, uh, Holiday Bowl, San Diego. So, and at Good reward for, you know, turning around the season, uh, having a good season. They, they get to play another ranked team and get a nice test to try to get that 10th win. Uh, I think it'll be fun trying to match up with, with that offense going against the, the air raid offense there, uh, where they'll be slinging it all around to see how defense that's been very formidable all year to see how they can deal with something like that. And, uh, today's defense has been pretty solid too uh, in the Pac-12. So I, I think it's an interesting matchup. Two different types of offenses playing against two solid defenses. So I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll jump in and kind of throw a couple things there. For, first of all, who do you think will come out with the better pre-bowl game quote? Tony or uh, Leach? Oh, Leach. Both guys have been known for some pretty good ones. So, just thought I'd yeah. throw, throw that one. But D'Antonio's dig are usually left for rivals and people he doesn't yeah. like. Whole Twitter spat this past couple days with, with Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah. You don't know that. We're <laughs> more toward Harbaugh there, so. Uh, but yeah, um, quarterback for Washington State, you know, has had a really good year. At one point, a lot of people were talking about him for Heisman. Granted, that was like three or four weeks into the season, but you know, like you said, very very good offense. Loves to loves to spread the ball around. A physically dominating team, but they're quick. They like to play fast. Um, you know, it, it kind of, it kind of reminds you of like a hybrid Oregon when Chip Kelly was at the helm. At least that's what it reminds me of. You know, they spread the ball. They're fast. Uh, they like to try and tire out other teams with a Michigan State team that likes offensively and defensively that likes to kind of slow a game down. Uh, you know, force a team, you know, to run it first and second down, try to play with. Uh, how do you think Michigan State's defense, especially the secondary, is going to fare against a team that'll probably throw it 35 well, yeah, times? That's, that, I mean, that's, that's going to be the deal there. Uh, they're going to have to do their best to try to get them 
off the field, uh, perhaps happen because that's going to out and <clears throat> probably going to have to play a lot more like nickel and dime packages just because of, uh, how this office is set up. They tight ends or, uh, or fullbacks, of course. Uh, uh, so through situations with, with a running back back there, uh, just like the, the threat of a shotgun run, but mm-hmm. it's, it's something that was before, uh, the bowl game yeah. against Baylor. This very similar offense is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no threat to really run over you, but they do a lot of quick passes and, and tempo and keeping three, four receivers always on the field. So it's something they've had to deal with. Uh, and I, I do think they have the secondary for it, but it's going to put a lot of pressure on the front seven to get home and force quick throw. So they, and so they can get in second and sevens and second and eights, second and tens, not, not second and five and four and three to, you know, make things harder on themselves. So it's going to be a test, but, uh, do it. Uh, that linebacker core going to be, uh, it's going to be critical that they, they figure out how to, how to get in, into the quarterback, uh, in blitz packages. So Bocce and Fry and, and, and Andrew Dow, they're, they're going to have to get get into the line there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think you mentioned it, Kobachi. Like, he's anchored that defense most of the year, especially from the linebacker position. And over the last roughly 10 years, you know, the middle linebacker position for Michigan State, best player on the defense. Mm-hmm. Holds holds down the fort, so he he's definitely for me the guy. Michigan State will need to have a good game. Uh, they'll need him to watch those, you know, over the little passes. Keep keep an eye on the run game. You know, just keep keep running backs and quarterbacks check. You know, you have to account for Joe Bocci on defense. He makes plays, finds the ball. So, player for Michigan State to look out for. It's him. Right, Todd. Thoughts on Michigan, man. Uh, well, one mediocre team playing another. Uh, they called <laughs> South Carolina. I'm just calling it how it is. It's cool. Like, I guess I'll dip a little bit back into uh, the Michigan State game against Washington State. I, I was I was a little upset to see State fans going back and forth. You know, Michigan fans saying, "Hey, we pulled a New Year's Day bowl game." And then Michigan State fans going, you know, basically like, what the heck? We're not getting a New Year's Day game. You know, Mich- we beat Michigan, all this, that. I'm kind of, I'm just sitting here thinking, let's hold our horses. Like, if you didn't pull a New Year's Six game or a college football playoff game, who you're matched up against is what matters. Like, that's exactly that's how you see the respect, disrespect of your season. So you you like, weren't uh just real quick Ty you weren't uh yeah. like pissed at all uh Darnell no. Shaw didn't get the New Year six or anything or no I mean I mean I I kind of half expected it I mean 
is still just one of those teams. They travel well, so they're going to bring in the revenue. So I wasn't shocked when the Outback Bowl pulled them, but I kind of, I looked at the matchup kind of like how Ty was saying, where I was like, okay, well, we're playing a ranked team and they're playing South Carolina. So yeah. Yeah. Whatever. And and I mean, and yeah, absolutely. Like, like I said, in my opinion, if you're not in the New Year's six, if you're not, the college football playoff. Look at your matchup and base it off of that. Don't look at the bowl game date that you're playing. Like uh, to me, that's all secondary. If that's what you're hung up on, you're missing the point of bowl season. Um, you know, in terms of you know the New Year Six, who who gets into the into the clear cut? Mm-hmm. Um, th- those are pretty spelled out as to who gets into those. So. You know, if your team's not in one of those, have a better season. <laughs> um, so yeah, Michigan pulling, you know, New Year's Day against South Carolina. I don't really care. So what noon game? It's another mediocre team. So you, you get what you deserve for that. And, uh, it's going to be impressing anybody. It's not like this game is going to be, you know, a must watch. You know, like I said, two eight and fourteen who got picked to play on New Year's Day. Big deal. Uh, you know, but I'll, it, it, I'll no, revenge, Ty. <laughs> oh, the only thing I hope is clowning memes have been popping right back up as soon as they the, announce them. That's the only thing I hope doesn't happen. Or <laughs> I hope Rashawn Gary lays a hit on somebody that creates something new going on. But yeah, as long as a Michigan running back or quarterback doesn't get lit up, it'll be a successful day. Um, and I don't think Michigan could wear uniforms as awful as they did that game. So. No, the the bumblebees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, game against South Carolina, which is it's it's kind of an odd game for me. Uh, mainly because, you know, you, you don't hear about South Carolina all year long. The only time you hear about them is when they play Clemson. That hasn't been much of a game over the last couple of years. So, uh, definitely a South Carolina team that finishes eight and four. Uh, a team you, you didn't hear of really at all, all season. Uh, but interestingly enough, they just fired their, uh, offensive coordinator. I believe they did that today. Uh, early this morning, so they're they're going into this bowl game. I don't know if they're just going to find a replacement for offensive coordinator, or if they're actually like just transitioning, you know, from within and going to name a guy their offensive coordinator before the game. Uh, that'll be tough to tell, but you know, offense didn't do anything very impressive. Uh, their quarterback Bentley, you know, he only threw for. Uh, I don't want to say only, but like he threw for 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 11 interceptions. So I mean, they can score the ball. They just turn they they turn it over too. So I think one key for Michigan there is defensively they're going to have to force some those interceptions. You know, kind of haunt this quarterback. But they the one thing that they cannot do is uh, they don't run the ball very well. Their leading rusher only had 517 yards on the season. Michigan can force South Carolina into a lot of three and longs. Uh, you know, we're looking at three and six 
or third and six plus. Uh, I think Michigan's going to set themselves up for some good, uh, for some good defense and get, get the offense back onto the field. The hope for Michigan's that Brandon Peters is going to be able to play the bowl game. They're preparing for him to play. Um, I hope that's true because I, I, I get it. I don't want to see John O'Corn again, but if he has to roll out there and play, let's roll out there and play him. Uh, that's if Peters can't go. So, you know, the Michigan offense is going to have to be what it is for another bowl game, and hopefully the defense can, can carry him to a W here. All right, guys, uh, we're going to get into the playoffs um, in a little bit, but uh, what games um, outside of the playoffs um, excite what you? What, what about your squad's matchup, Trey? Which which one of his squads is the question? <laughs> the non-Alabama one. Yeah. yeah. Which one uh, of the better records? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miami and Wisconsin, man, that's going to be a good one. Um, I, I just think, man, uh, their defense uh, could have a, a good opportunity uh, to play against that uh, just Wisconsin team, uh, especially just with the time that they got. So uh, I, I do. I, I feel confident that that uh, chain is going to be moving a little bit against uh, Wisconsin. So I'm, I'm not going to say sleep over them because I, I think uh, Wisconsin could be that team that could definitely go in there and then pull off a win for sure. But uh, I just think just with this uh, matchup between these two, I think uh, Miami could just have a good opportunity to go in there um, and just win. So, um, but yeah, I feel confident. It's going to be a very exciting game. I can say that. So. I feel like that that's the game that might be like 9-6. It could. Yeah. Because they, they both have really good defenses, and at times both offenses are pretty suspect. Yeah, very true. So I just think with this, man, they, they got a lot of time to prepare. So, uh, But, I, yeah, I also feel like this could also be the game where you're going to nap for three quarters, wake up for the fourth and see it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the final score could be, you know, 24 20, and it was all done in the fourth. <laughs> yeah. So, definitely be, it's, it's definitely going to be uh, a good one to watch. So, for sure. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, outside of that one, like, what other ones are you uh, interested in looking at? I know one uh, that, another one for me is going to be Washington versus Penn State. Uh, I just think that's just going to mm-hmm. be a good one. Uh, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl uh, between those two. Uh, teams, I just think they're going to be putting up a good show. Um, but what other, what other ones are uh, you guys like? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll pick one that's a little under the radar. Kind of a lot under the radar, I guess. Um, watch Arizona and Purdue. Um, may, mm. mainly because, you know, I felt like Purdue had a lot of good moments this year. They played a lot of good, good fought games and just fell up. Sh- uh, I believe it, but Arizona's running back kind of went hog wild in the second half of the season and started rushing for like 300 yards a game or so, you know, P- Purdue likes to play physical kind of football. So I'd like to see, you know, how their defense matches up to a quick rich rod offense just to see. How a team that's basically in the middle of the Big Ten kind of stacks up to another middle of the conference team. For most of the season, 
you know, we were talking about, you know, Big Ten being the football. And I just want to see, you know, bowl season, end of the year. How are the middle, how are some of these middle tier teams going to get a play? Um, and I think that's a good test for Purdue. Um, I think that that'll, you know, force them to, to be a quarter per game, go to the, go to the clock, hit zeros. And then another one I'm, I'm actually interested in, not because I, you know, care about either team, but it's going to be Southern Miss versus Florida State. I want to see if Florida State can at least, you know, win one against the team they should easily win against. You know, Francois, I got hurt and he was, Florida State had a, had a very, very bad year. Fired their coach. They just got, uh, Taggart from Oregon. Uh, granted, I don't know all the communication rules that he can have with the team. It rushed up on that. But, you know, I, I just want to see, is this going to be a game where Southern Miss can come in and win against a big-time opponent, even though the team's not that great? Um, it's going to be able, be able to pull it out. Um, I, that that one just catches my eye, just because I... Just Florida State looks so bad this year, and they got into a bowl game, and they're playing. I mean, I don't even know what conference Southern Miss is in, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, so I I just want to see, is this going to be one that they win? Oh, they're in the they're in conference USA. So, I mean, just like if Florida State uses this one, it just shows how bad their year actually was. And, and a lot of, you know, even after Francois got hurt, we were still saying there could be a chance, you know, they can make it to the, you know, ACC championship game, chance for the playoffs still. And then they just couldn't find an answer at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, on my end, I'm, I'm excited for the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State, USC. That's going to uh, be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. See Sam Darnold versus that Ohio State defense. Uh, so I think he's he's going to be under a lot of under a lot of pressure with that front seven bearing down on, on him. I'm not quite as excited to see Ohio State's offense versus USC's just because I don't know. Just Barrett's been very underwhelming this year. Like I said, this time uh, of the year, man, they got a lot to a lot of time to prepare. So I, I, you know, hopefully, you know, with these little couple extra weeks, you know, they could get it going. So yeah, yeah. It, it's more. For time to prepare, but I mean, I just feel like the the scouting report has kind of just been made on them. If you can force Barrett to throw the ball, you got a shot. Yeah, uh, yeah. And well, and 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 if I could just jump in real fast, and like we said last week, Ohio State started beating Michigan when they were able to run the ball, when the quarterbacks mm-hmm. were able to get loose. Yeah, that's when they, that's when the game turned. So it, it's the formula. Yeah. Yep. If you can box Barrett in and you know somewhat contain Dobbins and uh, uh, from last year, <laughs> but anyway, they're backs. If you can contain yeah. them somewhat, you you got a good shot at beating them. And USC finished the season pretty strong. Uh, a lot of the issues that. That Darnold had early with the turnovers, he seems as cleaned up. Oh, I want to see if that continues against a defense like this. And uh, also, I'm looking at the Peach Bowl, Auburn, UCF. Mm-hmm. Uh, see how Auburn 
Auburn bounces back from that tough SEC title game loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you see how they match with old, old Kiffin's boys. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to be uh, interested to see, yeah, Kiffin. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I, I think that's, that, that'll be a fun one to watch. Uh, see that the, the best team from the group of five, uh, going against the, the SEC runner up. Um, and see see if they were legit. To see if see if they would have put them in, in that uh, playoff. To see how they. I think the, this this will be the example to see how they may have fared. Yeah. Uh, just another one, real quick. Um, kind of under the radar uh, game that I I'll be checking out is uh, number twenty Memphis versus Iowa State. Uh, Memphis they've been uh, pretty consistent this year. Um, Iowa State's been a team that's been pretty impressive. Also, they beat Oklahoma, TCU. Um, also, almost pulled over a win over Oklahoma State. So they've been getting some wins, and they've been in some pretty close battles. Uh, fun little matchups this year. So uh, just to see these two uh, teams, just how they are compete against each other. Um, Going to be playing Memphis in their uh, own city, Memphis. But uh, this is to see how these two teams will just square off with each other. I think that's going to be a good. Uh, Nice little low key matchup for people to check out what they like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just I mean, we talked. We I know we mentioned just about every other New Year's Six game. What do you guys think about uh, Notre Dame and LSU? Mm. Like, just not sure what we're going to get out of that. one. I know, like yeah. that could yeah. could be low scoring and ugly, yeah. or <laughs> it could be fun just because they. They're kind of mirror image teams. Mm-hmm. LSU can't really pass the ball and been down as far as the passing mm-hmm. game goes. Both of them can run the hell out of the football. And if, if they are opening up and, and getting through the front seven, they're fun to watch. They both play good defense, but yeah, this is one of those games where it's like the, this could be, this could go one way or it could go the other. Yeah. I'm not seeing an in between for this one. This is this game where it could be. Give me, give me some hard liquor to get through this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and I and I guess the reason this matchup is so intriguing is both teams play good enough defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, both teams really struggle with quarterback. Yep. it's yeah. it's it's almost it's almost baffling that LSU still can't find a quarterback, and it's been. What five or six years? It's been a while. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have we been saying this since Jamarcus Russell? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That was the last time you heard Jamarcus Russell. Our last quarterback that like people liked. Yeah. Uh, was Matt Flynn after or before? Flynn he was, was after, after, but people, but people still like kind of question him. Even that's true. Yeah, yeah. That's that was funny. the last time we heard Jamarcus Russell. It's yeah. <laughs> funny. Uh, Throw out uh, one more matchup just real fast. Not for any real reason, but uh, New Mexico State versus Utah State. We got the Aggies versus the Aggies. Uh, yeah, just the Aggie I, Bowl. I, yeah, <laughs> I just don't think you. I just don't know that you see that too often. So yeah. better is if we can somehow get Texas A and M to show up. We got the <laughs> yeah. Aggies, Aggies, Aggies. But yeah, I, I saw I saw that game and I'm like, ah, I might tune into that one just for a couple minutes, just because it's fun to watch the Aggies play the Aggies. Good. All right. Any more, Ty? 
No. Last one. All right, man. Yeah, that, that should do me in. All right. Uh, what about you, Darnell? Any more, man? You good? No, I think we we covered the watch. All right. It's a question for you guys uh, for our next, uh, you know, uh, topic. Uh, both of y'all are big on your Big Ten football. Uh, I remember we were having a discussion earlier this year uh, where, you know, y'all kind of were saying that y'all believe that the Big Ten is the best team uh, with the best conference um, in NCAA football, or if it's not the best, it's about the second best. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know, it was pretty hectic uh, getting close to the end of the season, um, but they had Ohio State and you had uh, Wisconsin duking it out uh, for that championship game. Uh, Ohio State won, but they didn't make the playoff. Do y'all think, feel in any way, shape, or form that the Big Ten got screwed over uh, this year, just with how competitive their conference is and whatnot, or just how do you feel about the Big Ten? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, screwed over. Uh, do I – would I have been mad if Ohio State made it over Alabama? No. Okay. I think, I think that four spot was just between two resumes that weren't great but uh uh ohio state this year and got worked in both of the losses they like oklahoma handled him and uh and iowa unranked iowa but they got beat by 31 points they allowed iowa to drop what was it 55 on them that's can't do that and expect to yeah you can't do that and expect to make it to they were soundly beat by Auburn. I don't want to. I don't want to say that. I mean, they didn't get the doors blown off of them like uh, Ohio State did, but they were they were threatening after the second half, after the first half. I mean, uh, so oh, am I? Am I mad about the the ranking? No. Uh, would I have been mad if it went the other way? No. But I, I do think that they probably got it right. <laughs> I know you you want to look at positives and negatives. Uh, Ohio State did play a tougher schedule, in my opinion. Because, uh, you know, every, everybody's been calling out Alabama schedule Mercer in the middle of the season. And it, and I, I'm not going to argue with anybody that says it looks like they got rewarded for playing a, a weaker schedule, which you, you could definitely look at it that way. Yeah. You have to beat the team teams that are on your schedule. They they beat everybody but one team. Ohio State they beat everybody but two game two teams. But in those two losses, they got abused both times. Yeah. Alabama's loss they they got soundly beaten. Like I said, but it steamrolled. Yeah. So I think that just kind of won out. Uh, uh, one out for it. Uh, I do, I do think if Ohio State would have by like thirty, it helped. Yeah. But since it was kind of a close game against the Wisconsin team that the committee really didn't expect respect because mm-hmm. what Wisconsin didn't make it into that top four until the week before the last ranking. Yeah. So I, I just. I don't know what you get, can expect. Does that change my opinion on, on the Big Ten? No, I do think that they were at 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 worst the second best conference in in football. But 
all of the good teams were on one side, which is a similar case to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much had a cakewalk, but they slipped up to Auburn. The their one cross, uh, cross conference foe that they played. That's who who they lost to. They made up for it and uh and, and made their way back into the playoff. But you know it was kind of the same deal with the SEC. The the West is is a meat grinder. Yeah. Nothing. Tennessee is garbage. Florida's garbage, and Georgia is a solid squad. Uh, for the Big Ten, the the East is a meat grinder, but the West is pretty much soft. Iowa's eh, and Wisconsin was was good. I'm not gonna say they were a bad team, but they never played anybody, and you know they they they're the best two teams. Teams they played uh, were Michigan and Ohio, Ohio State. Michigan until late in the third quarter, mid to late third quarter, and that's where they ran away. Which I mean, they they you would you would expect them to beat Michigan, but then that Ohio State game, I really never felt like they were going to win that game. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. It's, yeah, I'm definitely on the same page there. Big Ten got screwed. Um. In all reality, I don't necessarily even want to say a Big Ten deserve a Big Ten team deserved it. Um, you know, like we said, you know, when your champion is two blowout losses uh, to to one team, which is clearly in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't think that seeing Ohio State get matched up, say with again. And I mean, yes, people would watch it. It would probably be a. Uh, I don't think people want to see another rematch. I think people want to see, you know, different games, a game we haven't seen before. Granted, we're getting uh, Alabama all, or uh, Clemson, Alabama Clemson again this time in the first round, but uh, three years in a row. You know, and 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 I did, I did also, I said this earlier. You know, this year, you know, the last two times the Big Ten got in the playoff, not pretty. And I think that's playing a little bit of a factor, too. I'm not saying that that should play a factor. It's a brand new year. But when in the last two years in the football, in the college football playoff, you lose a combined sum like 62 to zero as a conference, you're not giving yourself a lot of uh, leeway for coming back to play the following year. So you have, you know, Ohio State only by Oklahoma beaten very soundly by Iowa. Just two losses you can't afford. If you lose to uh, Oklahoma, who's a clear, clear playoff team. I I think it's just the idea that, you know, Wisconsin, I think if they would have won, they would have gotten in and penalized an undefeated Power 5 team. I I just think that the losses for Ohio State were too great. I don't think you can lose your conference championship game and get in. Only thing I find unfortunate about the situation, we're starting to see it because it's happened two years in a row now with Alabama this year and Ohio State last year. I don't like that you can miss out on your college conference championship game and then squeak your way in. Um, like, 
with, with Alabama this year, it is a little different than last year with Ohio State. Uh, at least Ohio State beat Michigan in the final week in a high-profile, too high-ranked team's game. Um, as to where Alabama lost in the final week of the regular season and then leapfrogged themselves back in. Uh, it, it's... I, I don't want to see it happen that way. I mean, is Alabama one of the four best teams? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say that they aren't, but I I do think that there needs to there, there needs to be some clearer qualifications than the eye test, uh, because you know we we hear we hear the committee say you know what what holds the most power for their decision, conference champions. Well, second year in a row we're not getting a conference, or, you know, a row a conference a non conference champions getting in. So clearly, it's not holding that much value. Um, it's I get it. If you want the four best teams in there. The eye test will have to play a factor in that, but I don't know. I, I, I think the teams are correct. I have no problem with the teams. I'd have no problem if, like Darnell said, Ohio State jumped in. But, uh, I, I think we just need some queer, clear qualifications on who's getting in. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Uh, and I also just think a lot of it is just, People need to look at what they're going for. People are still annoyed because they want they want the four most deser- quote deserving teams, which is still subjective. Uh, instead of the four best teams, which sometimes those things will align, other times they won't. This is one of the, one of the years that they don't. Uh, if you want the four best teams, yeah. I'll, a lot of it is going to be eye test there, uh, especially if if you're not using the old BCS computer rankings or anything like that. A bunch of people in a room trying to figure it out, and I think when it came down to picking that fourth team, part of it was like what you said, Ty. They thought, well, last year Ohio State got smoked by Clemson, didn't score. The year before that. Michigan State got smoked by Alabama, didn't score. Do we really want another round of this? And it came down to probably, like, I'll put it to you two, Ohio State and Alabama on a on a, on a, a neutral site. Who are you betting on if you if I give you $100 to put on either team? Uh... You know, I, I I like Herb, man, but you know, I, I give it to Bama. So. I was gonna say, I mean, coaching will play a part, but if you look at the talent on both of these, teams, but I I just said earlier, yeah, I think J J T Barrett is good enough to be that Alabama defense, even with the linebacker injuries that they have. Yeah, I I just I don't. So just don't sleep on my dog Herb, though, man. He he, he can find a way. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll, I'm sorry. I, I'll sleep on it this year. I just, <laughs> I don't think, I don't think that team was good enough to be any of those other three I got teams you. that are currently in the playoff. Yeah. I, I would, I, I would favor Bama probably by, by two touch, the Clemson by two touchdowns. We saw 
what happened when they played Oklahoma. Yeah. And I, I think Georgia would probably run all over them. So I, I, I just think it came down to that they're technically supposed to be putting the four best teams on the field. And based on, on what we saw with Ohio State playing a team that's in the, the final four, the the Big Ten's past history for the past two years and, like I said, projecting how they would have done against Alabama since that was the team that they were basically competing against for that fourth spot. I don't think many people would have had faith enough to say, yeah, I think Ohio State's better than Yeah. All right. Next, we'll just get into these uh, playoff matchups. Uh, first, we'll do Oklahoma versus Georgia. Uh, just thoughts on that. It's another one where uh, I think we're going to get power on power there. The Georgia defense versus that Oklahoma offense. And Baker Mayfield's been ridiculous this year. And yeah. Like, that's losing pretty much all of his offensive weapons, losing both running desperate. And he's been off the chain when he hasn't been, you know, grabbing himself on the sidelines. And, uh, but. Oklahoma's on a run, and I, I, I'd be scared to bet against them in this game. As good as Georgia has looked, Oklahoma has looked that much better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, in in my opinion, Baker Mayfield has the Heisman in the bag. I think it's his uh, super strong year. You know, just their offensive line is really good. Everybody from the goal here, uh, you know, and it it has lots to do with the fact that Baker Mayfield isn't himself, but he's not doing it all himself. Um, I still think that he can get burned, but you know, I, I just think that offense is more than enough. Um, as much as you know, I would hate to see a college football playoff game. Score, you know, forties, you know, low forties, high thirties to mid thirties. It it could happen here, um, especially if carried away and the defense just can't keep up. It's going to be Baker Mayfield's arm against that run game of Georgia. So uh, throw the ball too. I'm not saying they can't, but are they going to be able to contain Baker Mayfield? Are they going to let him just burn him on the home run ball? Are they going to let him use his feet to gain big first downs? This is, I think, Baker Mayfield's been in this position before. Uh, he was their quarterback when they were in it last time, correct? A couple years ago? Yeah. He's been here. He know He knows what it's about. I, I think this time he's ready to perform. I, it's been his year. Played fantastic. I, I like Oklahoma in this one. It's, uh, you know, I'm not going to give mine yet just because it's down the road. We could do that later. But, um, I, I find this, uh, this matchup just interesting, man, because like you guys said, man, Baker Mayfield's been on fire. Uh, he's just been out there handling business, uh, just looking very impressive this year. Um, 
On the other hand, you know, Georgia's been out there. They've been looking good. Uh, rebound had a great rebound from that Auburn loss. Uh, but one thing, man, I just, when watching Kirby Smart just when he was in, uh, Alabama, the dude is a defensive genius. And, uh, you know, like I said, this time of year, man, you give a lot of these, uh, coaches, uh, time to prepare. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what, uh, Kirby could pull out for his defense and see what he can do to, uh, try to slow Mayfield, uh, down. So. It's going to be, you know, giving him that time. I think he's going to have some uh, schemes up his sleeve to uh, try to stop uh, Baker. So this is, I think, this is going to be a good matchup, uh, good little chess matchup between the two. For sure. Anything to add to that, Darnell? No, oh, cover like uh, is. I, I think Ty summed it up perfect. Is it's going to be that arm of Baker, the arm of Baker Mayfield. What can he produce, and what can the like seem like an eight-headed monster at running back for Georgia? Yeah. I mean, they just keep seem to just keep throwing kids in there, and they gash people for five or ten yards of play. Yeah, uh, to see if they can do that. Like who who can who can slow down the other team's strength? Yeah, and uh, has Kirby. Sp- under that tutelage of Nick Saban, because you know the always the big thing about Saban is when he has a lot of time to prepare, it usually means bad news for the other team. It, yeah, see the same way. Yep. All right. Uh, up next, thoughts on the rematch of the rematch: uh, Clemson versus Alabama. Uh, you guys, would y'all consider this a rivalry now uh, between these guys, or like how how do you feel about these guys matching up? Uh, I definitely think, I mean, like a blood rival, like it's not Alabama, Auburn, or, or like Michigan, Ohio State, or Michigan, Michigan State, or something like that, where both teams hate each other. I think this is more of a respect type rivalry, but yeah. hey, you, you play each other a meaningful game three years straight. Well, this will be the third year, but, uh, yeah, uh, you're gonna get in your feelings a little bit on this one. I I think uh, I'm like, hey, it's one, one, one. This may be our last chance. We want to go out on top of this this, this situation here. Yeah. It's uh, like so a, it's like to me, my view is like a like a boxing matchup between yeah. like two good guys, you know, and they're just going for part three. You know, who's gonna come mm-hmm. out on top? So uh, it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, yeah, that that would be pretty much the like. This is Ali Frazier. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, so we we got the the thrill in Manila about that about to happen. Yeah. Uh, as far as the game goes, though, this one's hard for me to call. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Bryant, solid quarterback, but he's been up and down. Like he he doesn't scare me. Uh, pretty much the same with Jalen Hurts. Sometimes he's really good. Sometimes he's like, what are you doing? Uh, I think this one comes down to which defense is better yeah. right now. It looks like that's Clemson's. Uh, I, I guess this won't be my final pick yet, but uh, I, as far as looking at it, I, I think I give a little bit of a nod to Clemson just off the fact that I think they have a little bit better defense. Yeah. Just, uh, I'll just yeah, add, you know, oh, well, go ahead, Ty. 
It's, it's it's also going to be tough because this game's still almost a month away. Yeah. And get healthy a little bit, and we're going to see some names we haven't seen for a while. So, you know, I definitely think that a defensive edge, although, you know, from what we've seen late, yeah, absolutely. Clemson probably has an edge. Their front, their defensive front is killer. Like it has been most years. Um, but, you know, I, I think Alabama's going to get healthy, and I definitely think that they're going to have some names going linebackers back. I, I, at least I think they will. Um, One, maybe two, it looks like they'll have back. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, you know, I was just in the possibility of a couple. But, you know, it's for some of these guys, you know, like you said, Darnell, this is this is going to be it. Uh, it's a it's a rubber match. It's you know the right to play for the. But nobody wants to pass that up. So both teams are going to come out slugging for sure. I think he, you know, no Lane Kiffin this time on offense, Trey. So well, I guess three two Darnell. So you know the. Tr- Trick plays may not be there, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't, man, if it draws up a couple plays where I don't really want to call them trick plays, but they're like big misdirection and, you know, maybe a pass back to the weak side or something. You, you, you know that Alabama loves to throw at least one of those in there in a huge game. Yeah. That they'll be able to, I think we'll at least see them attempt it. Uh, against Clemson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think this one's really, you know, again, they're all just two heavy hitters, big sluggers, just trying to, you know, keep the endurance for all four quarters here. And we're just going to have to see who lands the biggest punch. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like a break, uh, broken record, you know, saying this is like my fifth time saying it, but, uh, preparation, uh, you know, last year, uh, during this time, uh, with Alabama, one key, uh, you know, dilemma that they had was Lane Kiffin getting ready to go. So they had to bring in, uh, Sarkeesian, uh, had to, you know, adjust a little bit to him. Um, pretty confident this won't be happening again this year. So just with this time, uh, you know, I know Alabama has their injuries, um, and whatnot too, but, uh, their players can really just focus on one guy not really having to worry about change a lot up uh for this matchup so i think that's uh gonna help them a lot uh just with this matchup uh too instead of last year he said okay we're gonna focus on kiffin oh kiffin's gone okay who we got sarkeesian and now uh just with that uh going on so just with them having just a steady um offensive uh coordinator uh that i think is gonna stick with them uh, i think that's gonna help them a lot just with their focus and you know like i said when it comes to preparation uh it's no other coach I'd rather have to prepare uh, with for Nick Saban. So it's going to be a classic again, I believe, between these two. All right, fellas, any other thoughts on uh, uh, these two games? Can't wait for them to get here. Yeah. Got a little bit of time to wait. So, But to uh, close this out, um, I know, Ty, I think you already said you had uh, Baker Mayfield as your uh, guy to win the Eisman. Um, but uh, just thoughts on these candidates, guys, uh, who you got, got winning. Yeah, you all think uh, Baker's got it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't think there's – I can't even throw a dark horse here. <laughs> everybody 
everybody had gotten nerved to, to be invited, uh, as far as Lamar Jackson and, and Bryce Love. They, they picked the right invites for it. But, uh, yeah, this is, this has been Baker's year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's been big, big in big games as well as what random Saturday picket. He, he's been, he's been on his, on his, uh, uh, I'm not sure if he's had a bad game this year, even though he took an L, like he didn't play terrible. Yeah. So yeah, I think I got to roll with Baker here. Uh, but, but props to all, all three. They had great seasons. Uh, Bryce Love has been ridiculous for most of the year. He was averaging the first down to carry. So you got to show love there. And, and then Mar Jackson yeah, last year's guy wasn't there. as good as as last year's have been pretty much identical, if not maybe a little better. So uh, he definitely deserves his invite as well. Yeah, I will say this. Uh, you know, in terms of like my two uh, favorite players uh, to watch um, this year, I would say my two favorites were uh, Bryce. Uh, Love and uh, Saquon Barkley, those guys are just fun uh, to watch. So those are my favorite guys to just watch. But uh, with Bryce being uh, in there, I still don't think uh, you know he's going to get it over uh, Baker. I just think Baker's going to—he did his thing out there. He's going to take it this mm-hmm. year. So uh, yeah, I just think it's his to take. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just right there with you guys, so I won't say too much more on that. Uh, yeah. Already said everything there is to say about it. But yeah, I, I've been high on Bryce Love all year. Actually, I really wanted the Lions to draft him. All right. Uh. Yeah, considering they, <laughs> run, considering they can't run the football for Jack, a billion yeah. dollars. Yes. So, yeah, I, I actually really like Bryce Love. I'd love to see him finish second here. Yeah. It's just crazy, yeah. man. Just real quick, Ty. Like how just Stanford just, you know, they yeah. had uh, McCaffrey. And then, like, right after, uh, yeah. they got this beast too, man. So they, they just bringing them guys yeah. out, man, having them doing their thing. So, props yeah. to them. Uh, but anything, you had anything else to say, Ty? No. Just, okay. if Baker Mayfield doesn't win it, I, I will be shocked. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get these pickums in. Y'all ready? Yeah. Yeah. First thing first, I just got to say the champ is here for the NCAA Finals. Uh, Ty came in last place, 49 out of 84. Darnell came in 50 uh, out of 84. And the champ, me, I came in 52 out of 84. Uh, this was close, man. Just a couple of picks. Uh, just could have changed. You know, definitely came down to the wire. So, uh, had to come out on top. So, uh, but we got to get to the NFL. Um, right now, uh, Tyler's man, you you suck. You're sucking it up this year. Tyler. <laughs> hey, someone has to hold it down. <laughs> uh, Tyler, he's 32 out of 68. Yeah. Me, I'm uh 36 out of 68, and Darnell, uh, I'm coming for him, but he's 39 out of 68. Yeah, keep. We're going. all bad. Yeah. Hey, man. At least we we at uh. Hey, we at least over 500, man. You need to step it up a little bit, bro. I need to talk. All right, first game we got, uh, I think it's tomorrow uh, for Thursday Night Football. It's uh, Baltimore versus Pitt. Who you guys got? Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going Steelers. 
I'm going to go with them Ravens. Shocking. All right. Uh, up next, we have Nola versus ATL. Give me New Orleans. Yeah, it's indoors. I'm going with the Saints. Uh, give me ATL. All right, up next, we have Oakland versus Kansas City. It's crazy, man, just with Oakland, uh, with excuse, Kansas City. Like, they started the season off just nice and just mm-hmm. debacle. But uh, up next, Oakland versus uh, KC. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Kansas City. Had a good week last week. I think they'll feed off it. All right. I'm going to go with the Raiders. Give me the Raiders, too. And up next, we got the Jets versus Denver. I'm actually going to take the Jets on this. J E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> I'm going with the Jets as well, man. So. All right, we got the Rams versus Philly. I'm taking Philly. I'm going with the Rams here. I'm going to go with the Rams as well. I'm gaining a lot of ground this week. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, just, uh, Darnell, you said Rams, right? Yep. Okay. And then it was Titus. Okay. Uh, up next we have Jacksonville versus Seattle. Give me Seattle. Yeah, Seattle. Um, just in case. Some of my other picks go bad. Yeah, you can be Seattle. Give me one of right. Hey, when, when, when you're in last, rationale's out the window. <laughs> All right. All right, last but not least, it's only right we finish with them Detroit Lions. We got the D versus Tampa Bay. Who y'all got? That's Stafford plays. Uh, Going to be fighting that hand. They got a... Uh, I don't even really know what happened. We like kind of landed on it, I guess. Uh, but uh, give me Detroit. Uh, yeah, I'm taking. I'm, I'm taking Detroit as well. I can't pick against them now. Uh, just, I feel like, I feel like that hand is worse off than they're letting on. He wouldn't even pull it out of his sweatshirt during the press conference today. Yeah. I'll still take Detroit. You pick his. So you picking Tampa, Darnell? Yeah, he's he's taking Tampa. He's in the box. Hey, all I know is if Stafford can't go, that just means my boy Jake Rudock's coming in. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Any closing statements? Yeah, I think we're good. All right. As always, y'all, I appreciate y'all for checking us out. Um, feel free to check out our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Just hit us up in that search engine. Also, feel free to uh, check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cash. Uh, feel free to hit us up on that. And uh, as always, guys, like I said, appreciate y'all for tuning in. 
We'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.